Thanks for spending time with us on The Green this week. I'm Tom Byrne. Comedian Dan Bell's new multi-purpose performing arts center in Del Mar opened for its inaugural season in early January and has been drawing sellout crowds. The Dream Big Performing Arts Center mainly hosts stand-up comedians, but hopes to offer a variety of performing acts in the near future. And in this edition of Arts Playlist, Delaware Public Media's Carl Engel is joined by R.J. Jackson, one of several regional comedians working with Bell to book Dream Big, to discuss the new center. It started with the idea of doing pretty much all stand-up because all the people involved in this project are stand-up comedians. But then we thought, what if we offered a variety of different things? And so far, those varieties have been essentially based on the art of comedy in one way, shape, or form. Um, like, for instance, we had Dan Gaffney here a couple weekends ago. And first off, that was such a cool show. He's a mentalist. You know, I've seen a lot of magicians before. I've seen I've seen mentalists on YouTube and on Netflix and stuff like that. So I'm expecting... This guy's coming to Del Mar. I'm not sure what to expect. When he left, we spent the night hanging out in the club. Just myself and the rest of the staff were hanging out in the club, just figuring out what was it? How did he do that? That doesn't even make sense. There's no way he could have known that. And it was really cool. The, the interesting part about it, which I wasn't expecting, was even though we didn't advertise it as a comedy show, Dan Gaffney's a funny person, naturally. So the variety so far has been there is a baseline of humor added in there regardless. You know, the night after that, we had a game show, which was crazy. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about the details on your show about what theme of the game show was, but it was uh, really interesting and fun. And, you know, that show was I knew that one was based in comedy because there were like 10 to 12 comedians on stage. So I kind of knew what I was in for there. But again, it was another pleasant surprise. So a lot of stand up, a lot of in between shows. I know in March we have a uh, hypnotist coming who travels all around the U.S. And kind of like Dan Gaffney, I don't know what to expect, but I have seen a lot of this guy's videos and I've seen a lot of the other comedy clubs that he's been booked in rave reviews all around for that guy. Where did this all come from? I'm, I'm envisioning, you know, we, we were talking about an overnight success here. You've had some great weekends so far, sold out performances. So everybody's thinking, wow, this is great. These people just came out of the blue. No, <laughs> this, <laughs> this has been underway for over a decade. And I'm guessing it, it isn't because the comedians all sat together and it took 10 years because generally when you get together, you just want to sit around and top each other all night. Nothing ever got done, <laughs> but no, there was an active pursuit of this space and making this happen. Tell us a little bit about the history of where this came from. There is a company called Mooncat Comedy. They're a 501c3 run by a gentleman named Tom Sherman. And he started the com the charity with the idea to have the best support comics can look for. You know, a lot of times when it comes to comedians in new scenes or comedians traveling to different places to try to hit mics. Uh, for instance, if I wanted to go to Austin, Texas tomorrow, which is one of the current biggest comedy scenes in uh, the world, I would have to learn from scratch where everything is, who people are, get connected, stuff like that. So the long-term goal and idea with uh, Mooncat 
is to one day find a way to branch out all over the U.S. and connect all these different faces and give people more of a blueprint of like, here, you could go here and they have spots open here and introduce them to new comics and that kind of stuff. Mooncat has been doing their own shows, uh, performing their own shows all over Delmarva for over a decade now. And they've been doing that to give comedians a better shot and to bring comedy to the community. I mean, I think their their mantra is something along the lines of comedy to the community and community to the comedy. And what they've done is in the past, they would show up somewhere, they would hire a bunch of comics, they would put them in front of good crowds, and they would produce shows like, you know, a lot of other producers, but it's gotten further than that. They've done so much for this scene in particular and including putting an open mic somewhere every monday for almost a decade and now that it does not matter where that open mic is the open mic has to go and that's it so the open mic has gone in different venues different theaters different garages believe it or not and then eventually um dan bell the owner slash proprietor of dream big venues he's also a realtor And Dan Bell met Tom. Tom needed a place to like house all these comedians every Monday. And Dan ended up purchasing this piece of uh, real estate in the town of Del Mar. And so the idea just came like, okay, we'll get all these comics. We'll put them in this room. Finally, we'll have a PA and lights and all that good stuff and and a nice environment for them to come to. And that way there wasn't a lot of like hopping around anymore from different place to place, you know, to do the open mics. There's a group of guys and gals that come to this mic every single week. And some of them have been coming to this mic every single week for years. So uh, around August, uh, one day we do this awesome mic. We actually had a couple brand new comics come up that week and it was a packed house. But uh, the next day, the owner, Dan Bell, calls me and he says, dude, we got shut down. Like we can't we can't go in here anymore. We can't do comedy in there anymore. If the town of Del Mar finds out that we're doing it, they're going to get basically the officials involved in some type of way. And it came out of nowhere. And I think there were a lot of different reasons why that happened. But instead of going, uh, you know what, that's it. Let's throw in the towel. We can't do this anymore. I'm going to sell this building. It's no use to me now, you know, whatever they, whatever it may be. But what ended up happening was Dan and Tom had talked forever about one day, we're going to turn this place into an actual comedy club. One day we're going to take this space and we're going to put a bathroom in here and AC, and we're going to fix the ceiling and the floor and redo the walls and the insulation, and we're going to turn this place into a comedy club. But there wasn't, in in my perspective from it, there wasn't like, a, okay, we got to do this right now. What steps are you working on this week? That wasn't a thing yet, because I think everyone was just having so much fun in the building as is. We had heaters and, te- you know, portable ACs. We were happy, you know. Um, he owned the building, so there's a salon next door. And if we needed to use the bathroom, he'd let us in there. I mean, we weren't pressed on it. No one seemed very pressed on like turning that place into a a comedy club immediately. But when that happened, that day that they kicked us out, everyone came up with this plan. Now, all of us have day jobs. Some of us have personal businesses that we own and operate ourselves. And we had no idea how we were going to get it done. We all went to one of the comedian's garages 
And for the next four or five months, that became the new mic place. Without fail, we went there every single week unless something was happening or somebody had, you know, COVID or something like that. And while that was going on, there were like a core group that were working on construction, website, graphic design, booking this thing out, constantly meeting, talking about how do we want to do this, researching other clubs. The goal was January 1st. I don't know how we're doing it. That's when we're opening. We're going to have the first show on January 5th. We set this goal before there was any work done in this club. There was nothing done. We had no money. We had no, we had no idea how any of it was going to get done, but we all came up with this goal and all of us worked really, really diligently every single day, almost no days off for any of us. I mean, we were just go, go, go. But I think that pressure of putting ourselves in that situation, I know sometimes people call it burning the boats. We had everyone there. We knew that if we didn't open, it wasn't only going to disappoint us. It was going to disappoint the town of Del Mar. It was going to disappoint all these comics with like really big credits to their name that you don't want to upset. You don't want to leave a bad impression on them at first. And we got the final touches to be able to open and to be able to have crowds in there. No joke, Carl, about 45 minutes before we opened on opening night. That's how close to the deadline we were. What I see in Dream Big is that you now have this kind of grounded opportunity to not only display what you all are doing and open the door to others, but to encourage younger people. Are you looking at young people downstate and going, let's get them into this business? Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest driving factors, if not the biggest driving factors in all of this. And I know it's one of Mooncat's like core missions is to make it easier for a new comic that's never even done stage time before to have a place, to have a home, to learn the ropes from other comics who've maybe been doing it for a little longer, to find opportunities to do paid shows maybe much earlier than you would in your career anywhere else. And so this club was built for that core group of comics in the Mooncat, you know, basically Monday Night Club. That's that's what this place was built for. Everybody else is just icing on the cake. Thanks to comedian R.J. Jackson and our Carl Engel for joining us on this latest edition of Arts Playlist.